welcome to Transition Podcast. My name is Noma. Let's chat, people. Thank you for joining me. This is Transition Podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, Holy Spirit. Please take charge. It's been very interesting trying to put this episode together. Um, but we're here. And indeed, Holy Spirit, please take charge. So this is episode six of season six. And if you're an old timer, you know what that means. It means that we've read the final episode for this season and we'll be taking a break. Um, if you're a new timer, yeah, that's what it actually means. Um, and I will be gone till November. Okay, just kidding. I won't be gone till November. I had a lot of cries all around the world. Um, I'll be back May 14th. Um, allow me to feel special, please. So yes, I'll be back May 14th, 14th by the grace of God. Um, but yeah, that's just that was always the plan. That's the way I've been doing it. Just each season, six episodes. And then, you know, we keep it moving So to the next one. So by God's grace, we're going to be back with season seven. It's amazing how... When I think about how far this podcast journey has been, especially when I remember that for the longest time, I I was very hesitant to, to do something like this. So many years ago, many, many years ago, um, I had a blog and it's still out there somewhere. I remember like some years ago, I, I, I just went to Google and I typed it in. Um, the name of the blog and then I just saw it oh gosh so many memories were coming back you know I don't know whether it happens to you when you especially for me maybe because as a writer and stuff so when I go back to things I've written um, going back to that blog of 2009 and 2008 and I was just like wow you were so sure of so many things You are so sure of so many things, you know, but, you know, we thank God. We thank God for the experiences. We thank God for, for the mountains, for the valleys, because it's all working together. And that's kind of like what I want to talk about in this episode today, but we'll get into that. But yeah, like I was saying, so many years ago, I had this blog and the things I used to write about was about faith just my faith in Jesus, you know, things maybe I had read in my Bible during a quiet time or when I was at church and I, and I would share it on this blog. And eventually I know I even had a community, other people who were also talking about their faith. And sometimes even people who were not about faith, um, but were like talking about fashion or relationships or dating or like career. Um, they also, you know, joined, joined me on my journey and, you know, would leave comments and things like that. But back then, I always admired people who had those things, who who had, when I say those things, like who could talk about things outside of religion, outside of their faith. I admired them because I just felt for some reason that I couldn't do that. I didn't trust that I knew anything to talk about relationship or, or any of the things that I even talk about now on Transition Podcast. Like back then, you, you couldn't bribe me to talk about that because I just felt like, I had no right to have an opinion to those things. And again, I also felt on some level like, did I even have an opinion on on those things? And I remember just thinking about that recently when I was putting this episode together and and I wrote something down and I want to read it because I felt like it just captured why I felt that way at that time in my life. And what I had written that I want to share with you, I was like, if you've lived most of your life with people making decisions for you, 
it can be hard to suddenly be handed the mic to say what do you want or what do you feel because you don't really know you know you just sit where they tell you tell you to sit and give the answers you think they want you to give or you know that they want you to give and I, and I feel like especially if you grew up in an African household traditional African household conservative African household you know and especially if you had a strict parent or strict parents you know for me it was more of a strict parent a particular parent that was very strict so you know a lot of times you are just told what to do and you are just told this is what you're going to do this is what is good for you case closed and it can when you when you start to grow so to speak and you're you're now like okay someone tells you okay now start making decisions for yourself it can be very scary because you're like decisions about what like what do i like and so in 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 getting into the space of doing transition podcast it was just me get finally coming to a place where I was able to trust my voice you know and again like I know that a number of things I've talked about here are not like I'm not like saying oh everything I've said here about relationships about dating about friendship about life they're all just my opinions and I'm just so grateful to God and just grateful for the journey that it's like okay Norma like say what's on your mind you know because again there was that fear of being dragged like we say in Nigeria like you say one thing now about relationship they'll drag you you say one thing now about career they drag you but I felt like okay just talking about Jesus and about my faith you know I wouldn't be dragged <laughs> you know in the same way you know everybody will love you or at least almost everybody but I'm just grateful again I'm just grateful that I've come to this place and that's what transition podcast had been it's just been a space where I just talk about what I feel you know sometimes I listen to past episodes on my podcast because I've been doing this now for like three years yes allow me to, to flex I've been doing this now for three years so sometimes I listen to episodes of in when I started off in 2020 and just 2021 and I'm just like listening to this person who is talking so confidently and I'm just like amazed because like I wouldn't there's a time in my life like this would just wouldn't be possible like it it just wouldn't have happened so I'm just grateful you know to God for that for seeing that growth and you know and one thing I want to ask right so I was having a conversation with someone and I was like I give out transition podcast email and I'm like how come a lot of people you know don't show me love I need you to show me some love so I am asking, as you're listening to this, I want to know what Transition Podcast means to you, right? So um, I want you to send an email to transitionpodcast2020 at gmail.com. If you want me to read it out when I come back, then you can also say you can read this out. If you don't want me to read it out at all and it's just like a personal love letter to me and me only, you know, that's fine. I like love letters. <laughs> so just, but I really want to know what Transition Podcast means to you. Um, it's important for me. I know what it means to me and I've just shared it. It's just that place where I'm, I'm owning my voice finally and I'm trusting my voice and that's not to say that I am not open to being corrected because I don't I don't I don't believe that I know everything and everything I'm saying about everything is correct but I just love the fact that I am I have that confidence now to 
say, okay, this is what I think about this. And this is what I don't like about this. And this is what I like about this. So what does Translation Podcast mean to you? My beautiful, beautiful, wonderful, patient listener. Because I know like the irregularities, you know, I come in March 7th. You don't hear from me again until April 27th. It's like, babe, what's going on? So what does it mean to you? What makes you keep coming back to Transition Podcast? So please, Transition Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Show me some love. All right. And let me know. Okay. So we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and get into our conversation for today. Okay. So this episode, I have titled it The Perfect Image. Um, And yeah, have you ever, okay, so before I get into the conversation, so have you ever taken a picture, like a selfie, or been part of like a group picture, and then you've you've seen the picture again, and you're like, who is this? (laughs) You know, like, who is this person? This is not me. And then your next thing was just to delete it, because you just felt like, I don't know you. sorry to this man according to kiki palmer like sorry to this man and woman you are not me i am not you so so i'll tell you this okay so this is a funny story so anyway so like there was a particular day some weeks ago browsing through you know the internet the way we do when we are bored or at least i do when i'm bored and so i was on youtube and i came across this makeup like a makeup tutorial video and so I saw, I was watching it and I saw the way this lady was doing like her lip, right? So, you know, the, the liner and the layers of lipstick. And I was like, oh, wow, this is nice. So fast forward to Sunday of that week, or oh, I think like maybe a week after I'd watched that, I was like, I was getting ready for church. And then I decided that, ah, I just remember that video. I was like, ah, okay, I think I'm going to try this lip thing. I have a lip liner and I have, you know, a red lipstick. Okay. No, I think I used pink. Anyway, I was like, I have a lipstick anyway that has color. So (laughs) I was like, let me try this lip thing and see. So I sat in front of the mirror and I did it. And then I looked at myself and again, like, have you ever like, maybe you've just done your hair or you're just, you've gone gotten all dressed up or like done makeup and you just looked at yourself and you're like whoa who is this you know like this is a babe so (laughs) I was like wow this is this is hot you look good girl get out your phone and take a picture so I got out of my phone and then I took I was taking pictures I was taking pictures I was you know feeling myself that Sunday morning I'm supposed to be going to church. I went to church, so you don't start saying, can you imagine? No, I did go to church eventually. But um, but yeah, so, and I really loved it because all the selfies I took, I was like, wow, this is good, this is good, this is good. But then I remember like later on that week or like the week before, I'm mixing up times now, but I remember being a part of a group picture during the week and then a friend of mine gave me her phone because her phone was used to take the picture. And she's like, okay, select the pictures that you were in that you like, and then I'll forward it to you. And let's say there were like eight pictures. <laughs> let's say there were like eight pictures. I only selected like, I think four or maybe five because all the others, I was like, who is this person? This is, this is not what I look like. And I deleted it. And it got me thinking about how obsessed we are about the perfect image. 
you know, how caught up we are in that. Like even with social media or Snapchat, we have all the filters. You know, I remember when I, I got my first MacBook, you know, one of the things I loved playing with on my Mac was it has this uh, like a photo studio thing where you have, you have different filters and you can change things up. And I think like in our in our own lives as human beings, not just about the way we look, but even the, 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 the way we are or who we are. There are parts of ourselves that we just wish we can delete. There are parts of our stories that we just wish we can delete. And when we, when, when it comes to deleting, what we're, what I'm actually talking about in that sense is actually hiding. So we want to hide those part of ourselves so, so much so that nobody knows that, knows that about us and everything. So I came across a tweet and um, I really hope I can share it with you. I'm trying to get through my phone <laughs> quickly to do it because um, a series of tweets confirmed this thought for me in terms of how how caught up we are with the perfect image how, how and how much we, because of that, we try to hide so many things about ourselves and present the best version of ourselves. And before I get into the tweet, right, I, it got me thinking about, I was thinking even for myself personally, because I have been in that space before. There was, you know, I remember listening to an episode I did a while back. Like I said, I listened to past episodes, like randomly. I just, I just pick one episode. I'm like, well, let me hear what I, what I was thinking about on this day in 2022, you know? So anyway, so I picked one episode and I was listening to it. Um, this one was like in 2021. And on that episode, I was saying, I can't remember the title now, but I remember I was saying how, Oh, if I get more comfortable on the podcast that I was going to share, you know, something a bit personal, um, I'm comfortable on the podcast, but I'm still not sure I want to share, you know, what I was referring to, but I will say this, right? So I will say that for the longest time, um, you know, after I, something very heavy and personal happened to me, I remember that I did go into hiding. You know, I, I did go into hiding. I remember there was a place I was working at that time and I wouldn't even let people know where I lived. It didn't matter <laughs> how how friendly we were and how close we are at, at the office. I was just very like cagey about letting people know who I was and what, you know, what I was about because I was hiding. But the thing about hiding is that a lot of times I feel like we think we are hiding from people. But the truth is that we're actually hiding from ourselves because we haven't accepted, we haven't accepted that part of us. You know, it's like the selfie things or the, or the group picture. We see that thing and we immediately just press delete because we're just like, no, this is not me. And so I'm not, I'm going to file this version or this story or this part of my life very, very far away. Because I do think that when we come to a place where we have accepted ourselves and accepted the entirety of what makes us who we are, accepting the entirety of what makes me normal, that that will take away that weight of feeling like I have to be perfect, present this perfect image. Because like a friend of mine will say to me, so, you know, he would say to me that nobody is perfect, like nobody is perfect. And again, I think that there's this false thing and I don't know whether it's, it has to do with the way some of us were raised or it has to do like with the world system itself, where we actually think that perfection is attainable. I don't know, maybe it's the way with some of us were raised, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's just, 
you know, some of us do struggle with that. We do think, and I'm one of those people, I, I think like perfection is attainable. And so it creates, <laughs> it often creates a dilemma even in my own head and sometimes in my interactions with people. And that is what causes us, or cost me at that time in my life to go into hiding. And I feel like that is what makes people go into hiding. The belief that they always have to be perfect because they feel like perfection is attainable. So the tweet I saw, and I just want to quickly read it. So I follow this lady on Twitter. Her name is Dr. Nicola Pera. She's a psychologist. She's a therapist. I don't know if she's a therapist or she's a psychologist. I really should check what the difference is <laughs> between a psychologist and a therapist. Like, or are they one and the same? I don't know. I need to check that. Anyway, so she has this tweet and I want to share with you just some parts. I'm not going to read the whole thing. And she said, living in a constant state of hiding something can only be done by someone in a deeply conflicted relationship with themselves. The chronic stress on your body from getting your story straight and making sure you don't get caught is self-imposed harm. Heal and learn to love yourself so you don't bring other people into your own internal war. Heal and learn to love yourself so your body can know the health and peace that only comes from transparency. And I think if there's anything I want to pass across in this episode, and I'm not saying this like it's it's easy. Like I'm not saying this like once I say it now, if it's something, if that is something that is your struggle, it's going to lift like that. I, I do feel like even speaking from my own experience, it's a process, but I do think like accept yourself for yourself, like accept, accept yourself for yourself first, because there is no need to hide. And I feel like when you are in the right spaces, you will realize that there is no need to hide. And I think, and I think like that's, that's really important. Like when you are in the right spaces, if you are in any space where you feel like you have to hide yourself to get along with the people or be involved in whatever that thing is, you have to hide parts of yourself, parts of your story, parts of your experience, then that is not your place. And also, you might also be making a wrong assumption as well. It's a different thing if they've given you the people or the person has given you that impression. Like I remember watching a film, this is very random though, but I remember watching a film a while back um, on Netflix, a Nigerian series. It was really good. I don't know why they stopped it after that first season. And in this, um, in this series, there was this lady who recently became a Christian and she was telling her friends how she met this amazing guy and, um, and they started dating. And the guy had said to her how, um, he could only marry a virgin because he was a Christian too. And he was a virgin too. So the, he only wanted to be, he only wanted to be with a virgin. And this lady was not a virgin. She had, you know, she felt like, Oh, I've lived a very colorful life. And then I found Christ. And since I became a Christian, I haven't engaged in, you know, premarital sex. And so she told this person that she was, you know, and, and so, you know, her friends were saying to her, her, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. You should have been honest. And she was like, if she was honest, the guy would have, re you know, like probably rejected her. She really liked him and she was already like having feelings for him. And she felt like he was the one. And then she felt like when they get to that point, you know, she'll be able to explain, you know, why she did what she did. But that's what, you know, I feel like that's, that's 
an example, maybe not the perfect example, but that's an example of how sometimes we feel like we have to hide ourselves. She felt like she had to hide her, what she termed her colorful past in order to be accepted by this person. And I feel like, again, when you have found your tribe, like people say, and when you have found your person, you are going to be accepted. You're going to realize that there is no need to hide. So it got me thinking, what are the reasons that people, including myself, because I went, I also had to ask myself, because like I said, I have been in that experience where I felt compelled to, to hide myself, you know, and like this, the tweet I read said, when, where she talked about like, when you have to like, you tell so many different stories to people because you're trying to avoid telling the real story. So you're telling so many different stories to people. And before you know it, like you just lose track of all the things that you have said. And it's like, and I love how she said it, like, this is self-inflicted harm because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but in those kind of situations, I'm, I'm having no peace. You know, I'm just having no peace because already it's like I'm living the life of a fugitive. <laughs> it feels like I'm living the life of a fugitive, you know, so I'm already having no peace. I'm looking over my shoulders. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure like I remember what I told this person. So what I told this person is the same. But so I asked myself and then I was thinking, I said, what is the reason that we hide and we just feel like, oh, I have to be perfect. Like this lady in this film I just shared. Oh, I have to be a virgin for this person because that is what he wants. That is what he deems as worthy. And this is what I want to be to him. So I have to hide. And again, number one, I was like, okay, the first reason, obviously, like I've just shared, shared we want to be accepted. We want to be accepted. And so we hide parts of ourselves because we feel that it will not be accepted. Another reason I believe that we hide or we struggle, you know, to embrace ourselves fully and show up fully. Because again, that's the thing. When we are not embracing ourselves fully, all of us, we are not able to show up fully where in, in any place we are. So you're not able to show up fully in a relationship. You're not able to show up fully in a friendship because you're hiding. You know, like this, the example I gave again about... There was this lady I was really close to where, where I was working. I wouldn't say where, but I was really close to her. But every time she tried to get closer outside of the office or get closer to find out. And I, I, I didn't think she was doing it to be nosy. I just think we genuinely just clicked and hit it off. But because I was just so fixated on, okay, I want to, I want to be perfect. I don't, this, this thing about me doesn't make me, will make this person question and make this person judge me and make this person this and make this person that. And so I was just pushing her off. And at the end of the day, obviously the friendship by the time, you know, I can't remember if, okay, I think she left first, right? But by the time that happened, the friendship just fizzled out as well. It, you know, because Everything she was trying to do to move it forward, I wasn't just willing to do it. Not because I didn't like her, but just because at that time, I just felt like I had to, you know, I had to do that. So again, the second reason I believe that we struggle to embrace our story or we, we, we hide is that we haven't forgiven ourselves or the other person. So we're still carrying the wounds. We're still carrying the pain of that experience. And we are not over it, right? We are not over it. And this takes me to the other point, which is that 
Sometimes we think the reason why we had is that we think or we believe that we don't deserve this thing that happened. So we are just, we're still so shocked and still so dazed that did this really happen to me? Is this really like my experience? And being in that cycle mentally is just because you you are struggling to even accept that that is the reality. It's impossible for you to believe that someone else is going to accept that about you because even you, you can't even accept, like you are still so confused and so like, why, why is this happening? Another reason I believe that we struggle and we hide is that we are traumatized. People go through a lot of, I know that word trauma has become like such a buzzword, but it's such a powerful thing too, because people go through all sorts of trauma and based on that, on the pain of whatever that experience was we want to we drown it out you know we just we just want to be in denial this did not happen it didn't happen to me i'm not going to address it i'm not going to talk about it i'm just going to keep going and so but again i do believe that it affects the way we show up in other places and then we are easily triggered by things and then the people the friend or the partner or the relationship the person does not understand like what's what's wrong what did i say what did i do why are you reacting like this but we're just refusing to let this person in because we are still like we are so traumatized by that that experience that we are refusing to deal with it and i remember coming across a tweet i think it was earlier today or yesterday um, and the person was saying like, you know, I can't remember how he put it. And he said, time doesn't, time doesn't heal all, heal all wounds. You know, like he was basically saying, you need to address your wounds, you know, because if you don't try to deal with it, it's going to continue to like eat you up as you try to move forward in life. So I do believe that that is another reason why pe- people, um, struggle and why people hide, you know, we hide ourselves and we don't want to, to let people in. But having said that though, I think another reason that people struggle to, to be fully themselves and they're hiding for whatever reason, because they just want to present this perfect image and this, you know, perfect, oh, you know, (laughs) my life is all good. And, you know, I'm all happy and everything is honky dory. Like they say, it's because I think like there's also the feeling of, there's also this feeling of despair, almost despair that things are never going to change. And this pain that you are in or this disappointment that you've experienced or this failure or this loss is never, it's never just going to change. And so it's almost like, you know, what's the point? What's the point in in sharing this, what's the point in being fully myself? Like there's no point in it because I'm always going to be this way. And when I, when, when I think of that again, it makes me remember some tweets I saw. So there's this, um, I, I feel he's Nigerian, Nigerian pastor. Um, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I run, I think once or twice I have interacted with his tweets. Maybe I've liked it, not commented. And so because of that, probably I get to see a lot of his tweets on my timeline. And so I came across two tweets of his and I actually bookmarked it because for me, it was, it's, they're quite long, but I'm going to share it with you. I bookmarked three, but I think I will just read maybe two. (laughs) 
to to you they're really long but the reason why i i i was really i was like oh i'm going to read this when i'm doing this episode is because it just speaks to what i said sometimes we go through things and we just feel like this is how it's always going to be it's never going to change earlier today um i was reading I was reading my journal. I have, so again, like I've said before on, on transition. So I journal. I haven't really journaled a lot this year. It's so, it's so, in fact, <sighs> anyway, I haven't really journaled a lot this year, but in previous years, I started journaling fully in 2018. And so I have, I have like four or five volumes <laughs> of journals. And so today I was, I just randomly was looking, you know, on this date, Although I couldn't find anything for this particular day, but I was like, okay, what, what was I thinking around this time in April? And so I saw, I got picked up my journal and I think well, this was April, 2020. I can't remember the date. And in that place, in that particular date, uh, on that day, why am I not speaking English well? On that day I was writing, I had just gotten a call where I was working um, because of COVID, the company had shut down and so i'd gotten a call from the hr that day saying to me this was 2020 that um basically that they were laying me off because of covid and da 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 and da 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 like it was the most surreal phone conversation i've ever had like it felt like an out-of-body experience like i was hearing what she was saying but at the same time, it was like, is she talking to me? <laughs> like, is she talking to me? So it was after the conversation, I, I sat down and then I wrote this, you know, this in my journal. I'm like, this is so like confusing. Like, I I can't, I, I can't like, I'm still dazed. I'm still trying to figure it out. And then towards the end of that entry, I was writing about my hope that I just hope that God helps me and, you know, figures this out <laughs> for me because I really don't know what comes next. And when I saw that, there was a part of me that wanted to be like, eh, well, you see, you see this and you see that. And I'll get into that, the story we tell ourselves. But I actually like verbally opened my mouth and I was like, God came through because he did. Because when I look at what happened that period in April, 2020, you know, and just being in that space and just being like, I really don't know what comes next, God. God in his infinite mercy did show up. You know, he didn't leave me stranded. And and I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we just think that whatever that disappointment is, this is how it's always it's always going to be like this. The pain will never go. The this you know, the 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 heaviness of, of it will never go, the sting of it will never go. And and so we just in sometimes in our hiding is that we are actually dwelling on that situation. We're just staying in that place. Because we can't, we we are too so much in despair to hope that there's anything better ahead. So our hiding sometimes is is about us just staying fixated. It's about us just being stagnant and saying like, okay, this this is where I'm going to set camp. An interesting story, and I'm going to get to the tweet now. But an interesting story when I when you read the Bible and you read about Abraham, the Bible says that. I, if I remember correctly, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but the Bible says that Abraham's father, I can't remember his name now, was the first person who was called out. And the Bible says that 
in him being called out, he got to a place. I can't remember what that place was, but the way the, I, I need to get this. Oh my gosh, please pardon me, Bible people, if I'm getting this wrong, but it's almost like he just settled. Abraham's father just settled somewhere where he settled was not the place that he was meant to settle, but he just settled there and said, come there. And then many years later, God then came to Abraham and told Abraham, okay, get up and move. And probably Abraham knowing or hearing, maybe hearing stories about how his father just moved a little bit and just set up camp and didn't bother to, to do anything after that. And maybe he thought, I'm not going to be like this man. I'm going to be different. If God says move, then I'm going to move. So sometimes we just are hiding is that we just feel this is all this is all there is it is going to be and i'm just going to stay here in this pain i'm just going to dwell in this disappointment and so that is me hiding so to the tweet so this tweets again like i said it, it's just an example of how things can turn around and it's just to encourage you um if you are in a situation where You've just experienced some sort of loss. You've just experienced some sort of pain. To be honest, when I'm saying these things, right, I'm not even saying it like I know it's easy because I have walked, <laughs> I have walked the walk, right? So I'm not even saying this like, come on, get your act together. Like, seriously, I know it's not that easy. It's the, it's the decision you have to make daily to be okay it's a decision you have to make daily to have faith it's a decision you have to make daily to have hope but i do believe that there are some things that we hear that enable us to have faith the right kind of faith and i do believe there are some things that we hear that encourage us and give us more reason to stay in hope in hopeful expectation that there is something better and that's what this tweet did for me and when i read it i was like this will be really good to share with you um, as well. So I'm going to start. I'm going to try to jump, 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 because it's really long, like I said. So the tweet starts. It says, I have a teacher and a friend who I respect so much. He lectured me and taught me in university. He was married to a lawyer. He was a joyful lad. Um, I remember visiting him. Then things went off course for him. I remember visiting him at his house in Surulere with a mutual friend. He was different. He was quite sad. I was very much younger than him. Um, and this friend of, and my friend had told me of this lecturer's travails. His beautiful wife or his fine wife had left him. She was a lawyer and the mother of his two children. I can't say what happened to their marriage because I didn't know. Some speculated that he cheated. Others said she left him because she outgrew him in the marriage. She was a lawyer. He was a lecturer. Um, she was based in Lagos. He was based in another state. Such distance does not help her marriage. Um, and then he goes on and on. So when I saw him that day, I almost burst into tears. Soro had done a number on him. He was a shadow of himself, quiet, reflective, sober, and as dark as a shadow. What was I supposed to say to him? We went to his church together, a new church. He used to be a member of the Baptist church, but as a result of the divorce, he changed churches. He started attending a Pentecostal church. I knew he was drowning. Sorrow is like a puddle. Once you get into it, you are dead. I wrote a glowing tribute to him and tagged all his member, all the members of his family I knew on Facebook. I got a backlash. Plenty of, why are you tagging us with him? They said. They didn't see that I was calling their attention to the pain I saw in my brother. I didn't care. 
he wrote to me and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I want to, I want you to be happy. I want you to be joyful. I want you to be you. And he said to me, you have tried your best. Please let me rest. I refuse to let my brother rest. He deserved to live, to enjoy and rejoice. So what if your wife left you? you? She won't be the first. She won't be the last. Even if you drop the ball, even if you are in the wrong, it is life. We all play it and sometimes you sink doing so. I wrote a story about him and tagged all those I know bearing his name. Um, the backlash was aggressive. Many who were supposed to be on his side by blood, took exceptions to his conduct. They wanted him to suffer so that he would learn his lesson. I wanted him to see his worth to me. So I posted it. At, um, okay, sorry, I've jumped. Is it? I wrote another story about him from my own eyes because I wanted him to see his worth to me. So I posted it and itemized his qualities. Um, he read it and he cried. Um, fast forward to months later, years later, he found love again. He married a beautiful woman. He thrived. My brother thrived. He began to pop up in cities all around the world. I am the happiest of all. My brother found joy again. He found music in his heart again. He found love. Not just the love of another woman, but the love that transforms. He found Christ. And for me, when I saw that, that is so, that was just so beautiful. There are so many things beautiful about this. The fact that, you know, this lecturer, this person had somebody who was not going to give up on him, had somebody that was going to tell him, look, you don't have to be perfect for me to love you. You don't have to have done everything right for me to love you. I love you because I see who you are beyond the mistake you made or beyond, you know, the the failure or the feelings that you, you have. Uh, so it's always so beautiful to have that. And I think, like I said, when you're before the right people and when you're with the right person, you don't need to hide. You will know that you don't need to hide. It, there will be no question about that. Number two, another thing that was beautiful for me about this is seeing what God did for this person at the end. Seeing that, again, like I said, you have to know that it does get better. It can get better. And I will, I will get into that because knowing that it can get better relies very heavily on, on the story that we tell ourselves. And I will read some things I found online regarding that. Um, the other story I was going to read, but I don't know, it's also like a really long one. I'm asking myself if I want to get into that. Um, but I will just summarize the story. So this that particular one, this other one, is about this lady who was engaged to this guy set to get married and um she finds finds out that her fiance and the security man in the place where this her fiance lived they got into an argument and based on that argument the this security person stabbed this guy not only did he stab him like killed him he went into the guy's house you know robbed him you know put the guy in a duvet. I, I, when I was reading this, I was like, I think I remember coming across this story some years ago. Um, put this guy in a duvet, abandons his dead body in a bush, drives his and takes his car like out of, I think maybe out of Lagos or out of Ibadan or something. And so for this lady, she, she tried calling him that night because apparently she and her fiance, they prayed every night together. 
and she tried to reach him that night. His number wasn't going through. She tried to reach him again the next morning. His number wasn't going through. And immediately she just knew that something was wrong because he wasn't the kind of person to be in, like just unavailable in that way. Um, unfortunately, she heard the news. And so this same person, this same man was saying how he had gone to meet her um, when he heard the news and comforted her and encouraged her. And like she was just in so much despair. She just, she was in so much sorrow, so much heaviness. Uh, eventually, she moved out of Nigeria. She went to do her master's and um, she started dating this someone. And then, you know, the relationship didn't work out. That relationship also broke down. So the pastor was saying, because I believe this guy is a pastor, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a pastor. So he was saying how um, a young man came in to send him a message on Twitter, um, a private message saying to him, while this was happening with this lady on this side in terms of like dating someone and that relationship not working out. And the late, a guy sends this pastor a message saying, I, I'm, I need a wife, like I'm ready to get married and I need a wife. And so he invited this young man to come to see him in church, in the office. And so while he's talking to this young man, who he already knows, it wasn't just like it was a random guy. He knows this guy. So he was talking to him. And this lady randomly walks into the office to collect something. And he he says that immediately he just knew that this two of them, this 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 is his wife and this is her husband. And so he connected them together and the relationship took off. And he was just basically sharing how, you know, he was invited to their church wedding and everything. And again, I saw that and I was like, this is another, you know, like just the evidence of what God can do, how things can turn around. And sometimes we are hiding. And I say we, because again, I've been there. Sometimes we are hiding because we don't believe that things can turn around. So we are hiding because if you believe that things can turn around, we will fully embrace all that we are and all that we have gone through. And we will show up because we know that, look, yes, this happened to me, but things can turn around. Yes, I made that mistake, but things can turn around. And I love it because there's this lady, Sarah Jakes Roberts, um, and she's the daughter of T.D. Jakes. And she has a very like interesting story as well got pregnant at 13 had her first child at the age of 13 um you know got married um had a child in that marriage that marriage ended in divorce you know and now she's married to um pastor Tori roberts you know they have a blended family both of them then have their own like their own child from their union plus their the children from and she's just like living out her life and there's nothing you can do i remember listening to a sermon of hers a while back like you can't shame her because she has accepted what makes her relatable is what happened to her what makes her an m and uh, what's that english word you know the word where they say you have empathy yeah what what makes her that person that can feel the pain of the of another woman of another person is because of what she has been through so she fully embraces it because by embracing it she can serve by embracing it she can love people by embracing it she can encourage people she can teach people you know and by embracing 
missing it, she can fully show up in her ministry. She can fully show up in her marriage. She can fully show up even in her motherhood. Because you see, this thing affects everything for real. If you are not accepting yourself, and I'm again, I'm speaking as someone who has experienced a, a bit of this, you are not able to just show up fully in the places where you need to show up fully. And you are just living you know, a, almost like a half kind of life. You're not living on full volume. You're just living this mediocre life in every, every relationship, everything. And I'm chuckling, not because it's funny. I'm chuckling because I'm like, I know what that feels like. And when it, when I'm talking about like owning your story, I'm, I, there, there are so many levels to it. Right. And Again, like I said, that's what that's what I want to get into. But first, I want to get into like the story we tell ourselves. Again, just tying it into this last two tweets that I shared with you. We have to, the story we tell ourselves is very important. And like I came across um, a couple of things online when I was just like reading up on on this whole thing about embracing us ourselves and embracing our story. And the first thing I I saw was that the story you tell yourself will shape who you are and who you become especially during hard times and difficult seasons we have this what we tell ourselves you know i've i've read this thing in so many different places like what we tell ourselves is more persuasive it's, we believe it more than what people tell us if someone tells you you're beautiful if you don't believe you're beautiful you will know that person telling you you're beautiful that person is going to sound like a liar if someone says you are so gifted if you don't believe that you are gifted that person telling you you're so gifted is going to that person is going to sound like a liar. So we believe more what we tell ourselves than what someone else tells us. So we need to be careful because what we tell ourselves is who we become. And it's and I I tell you that this is for a lot of us, this is something that we're going to have to work on every single day. Some some people are just naturally optimistic, like they just believe the best of everything, including themselves. And some people are plagued a lot with self-doubt and low self-esteem, maybe because of how what they experienced, maybe because of how they were raised. But for those for those type of people, it is something that they have to daily, daily strive to work on, to bring about, to pull together. So we have to be careful about the story we tell ourselves. You know, we have to tell ourselves, like I was saying earlier, that, yes, this is what happened to me, but that is, it is not me. You know, this is what happened. This is an experience. It doesn't define who I am and I'm better for it. Another thing, the story we tell ourselves creates happiness or negative emotions and circumstances for us. Instead of looking at what was lost, let's tell ourselves what was gained. Again, it, it depends on what you want to see the glass half full or the glass half empty. Sometimes you have to be very intentional. You have to be very intentional about what you tell yourself about your situation because it matters. <laughs> Simply put, because what we tell ourselves about our situation matters. And every day, um, I was doing a radio, I was on a radio thing with someone um, and we were talking about the mind and um, I'm trying to get my train of thought. <laughs> we were talking about the mind and just saying how like, you know, for a lot of people, it's a, it's a difficult thing. It's, it's a battle to, to get themselves to think the right thoughts um, 
but it's it's one that can be won obviously with the grace of god with the help of god with the help of the holy spirit is a battle that can be won but it is really important how we see things determines whether we are happy whether we are we are we're negative people if you want to if you want to know if you want to know like what your disposition that's the way i want to put this it's like there's a part in the Bible that talks about the joy and peace that comes with believing. And when you are not believing what is best, when you are not believing in possibility, when you're not having faith, you you will be void of joy and you'll be void of peace because your, your focus, what you're telling yourself is negative things. How you're telling yourself about this thing that happened to you is a negative thing. You're, you're just looking at it through the lens of what you lost and what hurts and who disappointed and who failed you. But I do believe that sometimes you may have to dig really hard, but I do believe that it is possible. And I do believe that there are beautiful things that we can see, even in the midst of it. It may take time to find it, but I do know, again, speaking from experience, that sometimes we can see it. And again, sometimes if we are so focused on the negatives of it, we will also miss it. You know, we can also miss the beauty right in front of us because we are just so focused on what is missing and what didn't work and what didn't meet our expectations and like a pastor i know will say may the lord help us in jesus name so owning your story does not mean you owe anyone your story and that's very important so having said oh embrace your story and embrace yourself and stop hiding it doesn't mean you want to tell everybody hey come let me tell you what happened to me in 1922 <laughs> no you know Part of owning your story is maintaining a healthy emotional boundary around your story. It is loving your story enough to share it with people who have earned the right to hear it. But I will also add that you can only share your story when you've accepted it. You can, you know, to an extent, you know, like I said, the whole thing about accepting, it may be a lifetime process. It may just be something that, you know, does, it may not happen overnight. But when you're, when you're in that space where you can actually start telling people about your experience, I do believe that, again, speaking from my own experience, I do believe that it's, you have started to accept on some level, you've started to accept some things about that experience or about that situation and so you're able to talk about it even more openly you don't feel the need to hide it as it were we have a tendency to repeat stories over and over to ourselves and this may be because we are asking for penance or hoping that if we repeat it enough it won't happen again but in reality when we repeat things over and over again sometimes we'll fall back into the same actions or behaviors we were trying to stop in order to move on and live out our days to be productive you have to let some of these stories go and by some of these stories you just have to the example i will say okay before I, the example i will say is joyce mayer so if you know joyce mayer and if you don't know joyce mayer so she's a she's an, an american woman who who has a phenomenal ministry of preaching the word sharing jesus with the word with the world sorry um and um and one of the things she she would talk about a lot is her experience. She was sexually abused by her father, not stepfather, but by her father. 
and it's it's something she would always share when she's teaching um and i do believe that the reason why she could share it was because she, again like i said earlier she had reached a place where she had accepted god had worked with her and she had worked with god and she had accepted that part of her life to be able to now come and share it with the world and even in sharing it she was is sharing it even as a testimony and sharing it to give other people who have been sexually abused by people they trusted to give them hope and to tell them that it is possible to come out on the other side it is possible to come out whole and healed you know but interestingly, just, you know, some days ago, weeks ago, when I listened to her randomly and she has a podcast called Talk It Out With, I think Talk It Out With Joyce, she doesn't talk about that experience as much as she used to. And I think that that's another thing that happens when you've moved from the place of accepting what happened to you, when you move from the place of knowing that you don't need to hide this part of you, you don't need to be, you know, perfect there's nothing that is perfect so you don't even need to try to be perfect this happened to you that this happened to you does not make mean that it is you you are not the thing that happened to you it is an experience by the time you go through that process you get to a point in your life i do believe that it is not even it is a story that you eventually let go because it has served its purpose. It has, you know, it, it has done what it was meant to do. And so you don't, you, you almost don't feel the need to say it over and over again to yourself or to other people. And what this particular quote is, I just read earlier, is talking about is saying like, sometimes that, that will happen naturally, like I said, but sometimes you have to choose to just, to just drop it and to just say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to keep dragging this storyline with me everywhere, not because I'm hiding it, not because I'm ashamed of it, but it's done. I'm done with it. It happened. It's done. I've processed it. I've accepted it. I've shared it. I've healed from it. I'm, I've healed and I'm helping others to heal, you know, with it. And I'm done. It's not a story I want to sit down and start talking about and sharing and discussing again and dissecting, you know. I'm done with it. And so there are sometimes that we just have to tell ourselves, you see this story? I'm done sharing it. I'm done talking about it. I have moved on. And it's not about hiding. And I don't know how to explain that. But when you get to that point, when we get to that point, we will know, you know, that it's not that I'm hiding this. I'm just done with, with, with the need to talk about this thing all the time, everywhere I go. <laughs> and um another point I, I came across online that i want to share um it says that um the truth is that like i said for many of us embracing our stories is the work of a lifetime it says owning your story is not about denial or releasing the pain or trauma it's about embracing it leaning into god's healing care and the many ways he offers that to you I'll take that again. Owning your story is not about denial or releasing the pain or, or, or releasing the pain or the trauma, but embracing it, leaning into God's healing care and the many ways he offers that to you. So I'll close this episode with, with this poem by Bryn Brown. I came across it. And I would love to share it with you. It's called Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. 
There's no greater threat to the critics and cynics and fearmongers than those of us who are willing to fall because we have learned how to rise. With skinned knees and bruised hearts, we choose owning our stories of struggle, over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from our struggle, we are never free. So we turn toward truth and look it in the eye. We will not be the characters in our stories, not villains, not victims, not even heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. So that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope there's something that you learned and something that resonated. You know, that's my word. (laughs) Something that resonated with you on some level. Something that you connected with. Um, we all have, we all have a story. It's just different, but we all have a story, and we all have a story that we we may feel or have felt at some point that we needed to hide because we just felt we would not be accepted, and because we couldn't accept it. But my prayer for you. My prayer for us is that where we are struggling, that God will just give us the grace, that God will release grace for us to be able to bear and for us to be able to walk and that we will come out of hiding, that the Lord will bring people into our lives that will let us know that there is no need to hide, that the Lord will help us to rest from the idea of perfection And just rest in his perfect love for us. Trusting that even in the things that do not seem good and did not feel good. That he knows how to work it all together for good. My prayer is that despair. The hopelessness. That hopeless feeling that the Lord in his kindness will lift it. That he will open our eyes to see the beauty that he has put on our path, even in the pain, even in the trauma, that we will see the beauty of his presence and of his comfort. And that is my prayer for us in Jesus' name. So until next time, fingers crossed May 14th. Take care. I love you so much. Thank you for hanging out with me. Six episodes. You try, you. Like we say in Nigeria, ah, you try well, well, I'm so grateful. Um, and again, please, I would really, really, really show me some love. Please send me a message on Transition Podcast 2020. I'll say it again. Transition Podcast 2020. One word at gmail.com. I really want to know what Transition Podcast means to you, right? I really want to know what it, what it means to you, please, like... Even if it's one word, you know, if it's fun, if it's, if it's light, if it's, you know, whatever, just, just let me know. Um, it'll really be nice to hear. It'll be very affirming actually to hear. So I love you. Take care.
Bye-bye.